Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Feed for Service podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira. Special guest today is Dr. Danica Brennan. She's full of life and energy and very passionate. You're going to love this interview. She is doing a startup, a fee for service startup in Tampa, Florida. So talk about areas where there's dentists, there's saturations, et cetera, but she's done some really smart things and she's learned a lot along the way. I think this is going to be part of a couple of interviews we do with her. Number one, I love talking to her. Number two, she's just very excited and very full of, of, of great um, advice and tidbits. As always, our podcast is brought to you from Kettenbach Dental. Now, Kettenbach has a new product. So imagine one product for every cementation protocol. It's now available. It's a hydrophilic adhesive cement and a hydrophobic core buildup material. It's called the Salus Semcore. It also features an easy peel cleanup, saving time and stress when removing excess cement. Experience why dentists bond permanently with Kettenbach's all-in-one adhesive cement and core buildup, the Salus Semcore. You can call Kettenbach 877-532-2123 or visit kettenbach-dent.us and kettenbach is k-e-t-t-e-n-b-a-c-h-d-e-n-t.us ask for dan or the representative in your area because they still do it the old-fashioned way with a good representative in your area that can help explain things to you one-on-one Sit back and listen and enjoy the show. Thanks, everybody. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart that fee-for-service dentistry is dead and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast these are our stories. Welcome to the Feed for Service Dentist Podcast. Tonight we have a special guest coming to us from Florida, Dr. Danica Brennan, who is a, um, a Air Force uh, graduate, we'll call her, hailing from Montana. Dr. Brennan attended dental school at UNLV before joining the Air Force. She did a one-year AEGD with them, and then her journey in the service eventually landed her in Tampa, Florida, where I was born. It wasn't before long that Tampa grabbed her heart and sent her on the most exciting project of her career, designing the practice of her dreams. She separated from the military and is now building Flossology. Yes. There you go. Welcome, Dr. Brennan. Danica, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Before we jump into where you're at, let's jump out where you were. Let's talk about Montana. What was that like growing up in Montana? It was fun. A lot of hunting, fishing, kind of what you think of in Montana. I was a swimmer. I did it collegiately all through competing. I went to Olympic trials, all that fun stuff. So 
I actually moved around. I moved out when I was like 15 to Seattle, finished out high school there for swimming. But Montana was great. My family's still back there. So it's always fun going back. Well, you just sort of dropped that really quickly there. Olympic trials, swimming in college. Where did you swim and what college? So I started off in, I was a Razorback. So University of Arkansas. Arkansas from Montana. That's a fish out of water, girl. Yeah. Yes. Um, I lasted about a year and a half. So yeah, I was in the SEC. Um, and then I, um, I think I got yelled at more than I actually swam there to be honest. So I, um, a lot of my, a lot of the, my old coach that I love that actually took me to Olympic trials. A lot of our old swimmers there were, were in Las Vegas at UNLV. So I actually transferred there to finish out my college years at UNLV. And, did you uh, swim at UNLV? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Great. So you did four years of swimming. Uh, yep. Yep. So I was a college athlete too. Oh, Just nice. What'd you do? T- I was a basketball player. Oh, fun. Where at? Uh, Syracuse. Okay. Is that D1? That's D1. Nice. Okay. You're crushing me by asking me if it was D1, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, I, so I, I, I don't know all the, the that's okay that's right so. share with people what it's like at a d1 athletic level and having the responsibility of the academics the future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients if you need help starting your membership plan or if your plan is too big for your team to manage visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team well, it's funny because especially in Arkansas, sw- swimming was um, about a six hour day mm-hmm. in training. So, you know, working out about three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon and then ex- being expected to keep your grades up. Luckily, in Arkansas, we had like all personal. Um, we were, you know, with SEC being the SEC, we had um, tutors and all that fun stuff. But our coaches kind of told us, we don't care what your grades are. We just want you to perform. So right. that was also yeah, that's how they get paid. They're, they're yeah. being honest with you. So, you know, I passed with C's and B's and a lot of my under, you know, the lower level courses. And then when I got to Las Vegas, it was a lot different. It was, you know, we want you to be good in both. But yeah, I mean, it was rough. I, I tried to prioritize which classes I skipped and slept through and, you, you really have to prioritize your, your sport because that's what's paying for your college and they know mm-hmm. that. And so, um, you're expected to be at this super high level, but then also keep your grades up and then deciding to go to dental school. I was like, well, I better kick it in gear and actually do some, <laughs> get some good grades here. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, so, so let's like say it again, six hours a day on your yeah. own time. Yeah. Right. That's for your job because your yeah. job is swimming because that's paying, you know, that's paying the rent. So that's your barn. Right. right. And so you also have to excel in the classroom to get to dental school. At what point did dentistry become your future career goal? Probably sophomore, beginning of sophomore year, or sorry, beginning of junior year, end of sophomore year would be. Um, I always kind of knew I'd do medicine. My mom always like pushed me towards that. And I did well with, you know, biology and all that. And, um, I had a friend on the swim team who knew he was going to dental school and I loved him. I, in like, a like I always, I wanted to be like him. He was kind of the, the fun person. And he told me about all the cool things, um, at how dentistry would be so much fun. You don't work a lot and you make a lot of money. And I was like, Oh man, that sounds great. You know, at, at the time, yeah, it does sound good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like everybody. Right. And, um, so I started shadowing a little bit and I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Like it's medicine, but hands-on. And, um, I mean, thankfully I fell absolutely in love with it in dental school. You know, you, 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 I'm sure you had some classmates who just hated it, but luckily I really, really fell in love with it. So that's kind of how I got, got into it. Was there anything in your freshman year that was like an oops, uh Oh, my GPA, was there anything there that you were concerned about hindering uh, the dental school thing? Oh yeah. I, 
I never failed any classes, um, but I had a few C's, you know, and so my GPA wasn't, a, I mean, it wasn't a 4.0, but my last couple, so I did five years of undergrad. So because I transferred, I had to have a fifth year. I didn't swim that fifth year, but it was paid for luckily. Um, but um, I had a fifth year and all of my, my last two years I had, I really doubled down on all the upper level sciences and I got A's in all of them. So that helped me out a lot. Um, okay. and yeah, but no, I mean, nothing crazy. They really liked the athlete thing that really helped out. Okay. So. so you're at UNLV, you definitely, you, you, your junior year, you say, hey, I'm going I'm to do this dentist thing because this really cool swimmer is, is all into it and he's convinced me. Okay, great. Now you apply where and how did the admission process go? The Doc Sites provides affordable and effective websites for dentists with no long-term contracts, transparent pricing, and great customer service, starting at only $59 a month. They also provide optional online marketing packages to help increase your online visibility. For special offers, including up to 25% off your website setup, text fee for service to 818-489-9823. 818-489-9823. This is a limited time offer, so text now and lock in your savings and visit DocSites.com. For more information. Oh, this is great. I mean, I probably applied everywhere. And okay. to be honest, a lot of them, I didn't even get past the first, like their computer system because of my GPA and my DAT scores were not great. I I took it twice. And, um, I, I, uh, but what the ones that I got the interviews for, I crushed and my, we had a, pre DAT, like pre-med advisor <laughs> at our dental school. And he really liked me. We did like a pre-interview with him and he really liked me. And I, he really saw like how, even though I was, you know, he understood I was swimming all those years. So my grades were shitty or sorry, crappy. And, um, then, you know, moving up and still swimming and still doing well. Like he was like, I can see you really want this and you can really do it if you need to. So that really kind of helped give me the push. And I got into UNLV. It's the only school I got into, but I, I was really happy I did because that's the one I wanted to go to. So it worked out. So, but you, would you call yourself a people person? Um, I can't. Oh, come on. The answer is <laughs> yes. Mean, I've been talking to you for five minutes and I'm like, she gets it, people. It and that's why your advisor loved you. You're great with people. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, I mean, so isn't there a reason we all like go into ownership though, right? I mean, we, at some point, I mean, there's a reason I got out of the Air Force too, you know, but yes, I, I, I can definitely, um, I can be a bit of a handful sometimes, but I know what I want and I'm, I'm very friendly and, um, yeah, sure. I'm a people person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the sports part, I, I mean, I'm going to talk to you a little bit from that angle cause that's where I come from too. And the fact that you really have to be very good time manager, there's no way you could do it any other way. You can't yeah. spend that kind of time traveling to meets, spending in the pool and dealing with the emotional roller coaster, which is how well did I do? Did I not do well? Uh. Individual now take the team aspect. Did I not play? How come I didn't play? And then you still have to perform in the classroom. You have to separate the two. So right. it does create a little different mindset. So that's going to serve you well. So talk about dental school now. So you get into dental school and you're ecstatic. How did your first year in dental school, how was that experience? Great. I loved it. I mean, the didactic portion was difficult. Um, I didn't learn a lot of biology in under our undergrad at UNLV for biology was a little bit weird. I won't get into that, but all of the people who came from UNLV had struggled with um, the head and neck, like just biology sure. in general, but no, I mean, it was, I like sim class. Um, when I'm like really motivated to do something, I really enjoyed, you know, really just focusing a hundred percent on dental school and I did really well. So I really enjoyed dental school. So did you feel like you found a whole bunch of time? Cause you're not doing sports. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. <laughs> I will say that. And with everybody complaining about time and I was like, 
this is great. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was a coach. So I was a graduate assistant coach in dental school. So that took some of that time back, oh. but I, I was sort of looking forward to it. And then I was like, I could do this. And that's how it worked out. So now you're in dental school. First year goes by, you're kind of adapting to the student only lifestyle. <laughs> and, um, do you have any thoughts in your four years? Oh, I'm going to specialize or what were your career thoughts? No. Yeah. Everyone goes through that. I'm going to be the cool oral surgeon phase. And then it was. Was, was that I, yours? Oral surgeon? Oh, was that your one? Of course. It's my competitive Love nature. Blood. That's what everybody else wanted to do. So of course. Oh, I really? So ours was, ours was ortho orthodontics. Oh, okay. The top two in our class always went to ortho school. And, and, and my best friend was. Uh, well, now my best friend, a very close friend was my, was either one or two. And they talked him into, into ortho. And I was like, you're going to be a horrible orthodontist. <laughs> and uh, it turns out he did, he did great. But I, I was like, you, you're just made for people. Why don't you just stay general? You know, right. but they, I get it. So oral surgery was the top echelon, right? That was the top yeah. two. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, the orthodontist resident, the ortho residents were like, I was like, you know, I don't think I'd, I would fit in here. So not really my, like, this seems really boring to me. Ortho. The folks that couldn't see people. the face that she made when she said the ortho, <laughs> she kind of made that face when, <laughs> when you taste, when you think you're tasting like a really sweet piece of gum and all of a sudden it's bitter. You're like, Ugh, that was the face she made. Yeah. They were a little like, they knew they were the best kind of, and, <laughs> and like you can, but you know, I just, that's not the kind of people I want to, I'm used to being around a team, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. so like-minded um, people, I got you. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I went through that phase for a little bit until I finally realized that like the fun things about oral surgery, general dentists can do as well. So mm -hmm. then I was like, Meh, never mind. Um, and then I got into, you know, regular dentistry. And honestly, I've always really just enjoyed regular bread and butter dentistry. Um, I really like surgeries like perio. So even through like residency, I almost considered, um, in the military, we have this thing called a two year AGD where you can go back and do two more years for a general dentistry residency after your first one. And you're like a super duper general dentist at that point. Yeah, super GP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, that's a very uh, helpful skill, by the way. Yeah, I really wanted to do it. I just didn't want to give the time that I would owe afterwards. Um, but I shot. So my my husband, boyfriend at the time during dental school was stationed at Lackland Air Force Base, where all of the res big residencies are. So when I was on break and he would, you know, I would go visit him for a week or two. And I he was actually he played soccer with the the head prosthodontist of the residency there. And so um, I got to go and shadow and they're all in the same building as the periodontist. And I found out that one of the perio residencies was actually a swimmer at UNLV too. And so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I shadowed and um, loved it. And I just eventually over time figured out, I just really like doing a little bit of everything. So general was really, and, you know, then I got into like the biomimetic stuff and that just really the bread and butter of dentistry just really has like kind of revamped for me. So, so when, when did you get into the military? When was the air force your, your thing? Was that when you started your GPR or did you start an undergrad? Did they pay for undergrad? Talk about that. Um, again, boyfriend at the time, now husband. So he was ROTC. So he did like the undergrad air force thing and yep. I was like, you know, I really want to be with him. We've been together for like five years and I don't want to move around and work corporate. And I um, didn't really feel super comfortable like starting my own. And so I, a lot of my professors at UNLV were prior Air Force colonels and they were like, oh, you know, wow. we, yeah, we really, really <laughs> love it. I found this out first year. So then I applied and it took a year. So I got a two year scholarship through them. Um, it's the HPSP program. Um, mm -hmm. yep. And um, so I owed them two years. You owed them two. Uh, gave you owed them you two. Owed them two. Yep. But my residency was a free year. So I did the residency and that didn't count for against my time. And then I owed okay. two years after that. So the residency 
then 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 now the clock starts for your next two payback. Yes. So your residence, but your residency, you said you did in the Air Force, correct or no? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's through the Air Force. It was at it was in Las Vegas. It was at Nellis Air Force Base. So okay. it was only one year. So I just didn't want to move for one year and then move again. Got you. Now your boyfriend, now husband, was ahead of you or behind you in class? No, he. So I'm sorry, he's not a dentist. He was just oh. Air Force in in general. Sorry, sorry to lump him in with us. That's okay. Oh no, you're good. Everybody does. Everybody right. assumes. Just yeah. the way you were talking, I thought I just assumed it. I'm sorry. He, so. he likes. I mean, he was with me through dental school. He thinks he's a dentist. Let me tell you what. Yeah. You know, well, he's he's got a partial okay. education. You yeah, know oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so is my <laughs> wife. I can't teach her. I can't teach her one thing about basketball, but she knows about teeth now. So yeah. Um. So. So when you finish, you you do the GPR in in Las Vegas, and then you do the Air Force too. Are those also in Vegas? No. So he was in. We were married by that point. So he was in Tampa, and I met him down here after um, my residency. So. So, but the Air Force was able to move you to the same location as your husband, it being in the Air Force. I did. Uh, yeah. And, um, I did well in my residency. So I got to kind of pick where I wanted to go. And they were really okay. nice about being like, Hey, it's your fiance. Like we can definitely get you with him. And, um, right. and so that worked out good. Yeah. Now is he career military now or no? He will be getting out in December of 2023. So like a year and a half, um, okay. he'll be getting out. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about your journey. So you moved to Florida. This is when you, in your own words, when Tampa grabbed your heart. That's such oh, yeah. a nice word. By the we way, that's it. not mine. That's that's Danica's. I didn't come up with that wording. Actually, so, yeah, that was on my bio page of my website. So there you go. All right. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, I was born in Tampa. I was only there for six months and my dad was with IBM. So he was, IBM used to stand for I've been moved. So we were Oh, yes. My two older sisters had been in Poughkeepsie, Texas, Florida, New York, you know, and then Tampa six months. Then we went to Poughkeepsie for six months and then ended up in Binghamton for the rest of the duration. So um, talk about now Tampa. So you're in Tampa. You fall in love with Tampa. What is it about Tampa that you want to live, set down your roots now? Um, I love the weather. We're really close to the <laughs> beach. It's 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 a very, like... Um, everybody is Growing. super into animals and fitness and there's some places to eat. We live downtown. It's just, you do very you live near the arena. You live near the what? arena. Do you live near yes. the arena? Yes. Right. We're like 10 minutes from there. So uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a neat area. They're kind of like is that river walk. What do they call that walkway mm-hmm. there? Yep. River walk. Yeah. There's, they got some cool stuff down there they, and, the, oh, and yeah. the, it just keeps getting bigger. So you hook line sinker. Now is your husband, was he always, did he like Tampa too? Is that he, he, and it, it's funny because he always told me, I don't ever want to settle down anywhere. I like, I want to move around, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. And, um, and he fell in love with it too. Okay. So that's how we kind of knew. <laughs> so, so that leads us right into you are now designing the practice of your dream. So what, was the thought process that you went through before you said, all right, that's it. I'm going to stake my claim. I'm going to put my flag. I'm going to build my dream office. What was it that said to do that? So um, in the military, I am one of seven general dentists at this clinic here. And we have like all the specialists and um, I'm getting really into like the biomimetic stuff. I'm getting really into a lot of fun surgeries and things like that. And, um, I hated it. Like my, it, especially during COVID, like it was so great. Wait, wait, wait. you hated what? The, the dental, like the military base dentistry. So like, okay. Okay. I got it. The, the, the dentistry part was great. I only, I saw as many patients as I wanted a day. You know, I could see two patients. I mean, that's what our prostata saw. And, um, I could do, take as long as I wanted. It was, it was wonderful, but then you have somebody in charge, right. And they don't really care about patients. They care about optics and being, a. I love being a dentist in the military. I didn't love being an officer in the military. And so I don't really like people telling me what to do. 
And I was like, we could be so much more efficient. And they were like, no, 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 I don't do that. So when COVID hit, I was just fed up at that point. And I started listening to these podcasts and realizing, you know, like all these other people are doing this. They, so I, I thought about actually buying an office first. So I did the whole letters and met with, and the due diligence and met with probably 12 dentists in the area and just nothing really like sat good with me. It was like, this is just so not my style, not my patient that I want, not the type of dentistry I want to do. I'd have to redo their whole office anyways. And then I started listening like to the startup stuff and some of my friends did it. And I'm like, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. If anybody can do it, I can do it. So it kind of this like six month long process of telling my husband, are you okay if I get out and build my own office? (laughs) Um, That means you will have to eventually get out too. And he was super supportive. I mean, he saw me come home crying every day at work and was just like, yes, this is, and that means he can get out and, you know, go back to school and do whatever he wants to do as well. So I just, binged hours and hours and hours of podcasts and resources on things. And then kind of eventually fell into, I'm going to start my own practice. Um, I had a guy who was a reservist who owns like six offices out here that wanted to start one with me. And we started planning it and he started going along the, like, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you how to do it. And I said, you know, this is why I'm getting out of the military. I think I'm just going to do it myself. So um, then that slowly led into doing it fee for service. And um, I just kind of been going down the rabbit hole and down the rabbit hole. And now here I am. So, uh, yeah. So for those, for those of our listeners, what's give us a little detail on what biomimetics means. So it's a, it's a type of, it's bread and butter dentistry, but it's basically advanced adhesion. So instead of going from filling to crown, you know, you break a cuss to do a crown. It's a lot of really slow, really good dentistry where you're basically just removing bad tooth structure and um, replacing it. So a lot of partial coverage. It's big in the Sarek community. Um, I learned from the Bard course. It's Steve Schiffenhaus. He posts on dental clinical pearls, keep staring all the time. Um, there's a mastership you can do for it. When I have the money, I definitely will with like David Alleman and that kind of crew. Um, it's like just so made my passion for dentistry. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I just hated, especially in the military. Like we watch all the amalgams. We try not to do anything until things are broken. And I'm like, there's cracks, they're going to break, but does it really need a crown? This, this fixes that problem. <laughs> and so like doing this has been so much fun and, and it's just, you have to use super good materials. It's really slow. And so you just really can't be in network and do it well. And so that's what really made me, I kind of, you know, got really into it during the military, which is nice because I had the time. And so, um, that pushed me to be more fee for service and, when I um, got out the last six months, actually eight months, I've been working at an office part-time and patients, like when I would talk about it with certain patients, it's crazy how much people are willing to pay for stuff like that. They hear, you don't have to cut my tooth down for a crown, like in all this stuff and um, they love it. So I'm really pushing to try to get this working. So. Okay. So you, you mentioned that this was a, one of the driving forces to becoming a fee-for-service practice startup. Yes. What were some of the others, other um, things? Being military insurance is a little intimidating. I don't know almost anything about it except for what I've really been trying to learn on my own. So I don't really have a lot of practice with it. And I'm not really the type of person to just hire somebody to just do it. I kind of want to know everything and understand how everything is done. Um, Drives me a little nuts if I don't. And so that's one of the things. Um, There is a lot of fee-for-service offices down here too. Um, I think that, you know, I told my husband, I said, I could make just as much as I did in the military 
which wasn't much by the way, and own my own office and be just as happy. And, you know, being in network, especially at the office I was at, there were so many miserable patients that I just decided I'm going to let patients come to me and pay to see me. And if I don't make as much money, that's fine because I will have stress-free days, hopefully, of patients who are there who appreciate the work I do and appreciate wanting to see me. And they're willing to pay a little bit extra for that. And then I don't need to focus on getting the quantity of patients, but more of the quality. And I can do what I love and enjoy going to work. So how long, how long, well, let's get into that in a second. So what's the first step that you took towards your startup? Was it finding the location? What what, did you do demographics? What what were the things that the first step that you took towards doing your first, your first practice startup here? So, um, I definitely talked to a lawyer first. Um, And that was only because I was thinking about going in with that other guy. So that was number one. Um, And then, yes, I did a demographic study with uh, Dentographics is who it was. It was great. It was a little pricey, but like so, so worth it. So I did that. What's something like that cost? Um, For a site study for the general area of Tampa was like 700 bucks. So that's nothing. Yeah, I guess I don't really Sorry. know. I mean, to me, it's expensive, but I mean, uh, if but if it's something that's going to be the basis for the rest of your career, seven hundred bucks yeah. is nothing. And they do really good, like recent data, and they'll even call around to different offices. It was great. You got a whole like profile, and you could see all the different offices, and they would call around to the offices. They'd find out like what you do, and they you know looked at other websites. It, it was really great. So then I took about four months with my mom who came down here every now and then and I drove around after work and looked at areas, um, trying to find I hired a broker. She was good, but honestly, um, I actually found my location. So just driving around cause she ended up being in the hospital a bunch. So I kind of took over a little bit. We this found a one- real estate broker, right? Yes. And I, uh, I don't know. I told everyone told me to do a dental specific one. I didn't. And at first I was like, well, maybe I should have, but honestly, now that I'm working with a bunch of dental specific things, I'm actually happy. I did. So mm-hmm. she was great. Loved her. She helped. She still helps me every now and then when I ask questions for stuff, mm-hmm. um, went into lease negotiations on one area in one spot. It didn't work out because the current tenant decided he wanted to stay longer and um, panicked per usual, drove around in my favorite spot of Tampa and actually found like, it was just sitting there. And I was like, it, the lady happened to be leaving. It was said for lease. It had just gone up. And I was like, this is it. And so we- Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. So the first spot that you found on your own- Yes. You were ready to look at the lease and that fell through because the person reneged or wanted to stay in the space, right? Yes. That's what you said. So now you're still looking in what kind of radius would you say? Cause you're, you're in an urban area. Were you like five blocks away? Were you 10 blocks away? How, how close was it to your other spot? Like an hour probably. Oh, an hour away from the spot. Mm-hmm. So it was nowhere near the first spot. No, nowhere near. Holy um, cow. Okay. Those were like the two areas that had so your, the, 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 the graph that they give you has like, it almost looks like a, like color coded, you know, like blue and purple and red. And so I just drove around to the spots that were bright red that were like really good demographics for what I, so the, so the bright red was not saturated with dentists and a higher need, right? Yes. But it had more to do with that. They asked you specifically what you wanted. So they asked your ideal age range. They asked your ideal blah, 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 blah. And you could click on what percentage you wanted for each thing. And then the graph would change based off of that. It was really neat. Okay. So it didn't, it didn't really have to do with anything with the number of dental providers in that area then? Did it? That, that, that definitely was on it, but mm-hmm. um, it included more than just that. Okay. So, All right. Mm-hmm. But those, let's just say those two areas were areas that you, you said there, that, that there was a need or you didn't say that, but I said that, that there was a need for a dentist, let's say, right. Mm-hmm. For what, for what you want to do in, in your niche, right? Yes. Okay. So this is nowhere near the other place. Oh my God. I was way off five blocks. How about an hour? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So are you, is it downtown or where is it? Is it? No, it's in West Chase. So, um, there's Tampa on one side of like the little peninsula. St. Pete is on the other. And then there's all those bridges and then where they meet up top on the land, that's West Chase. Like the beautiful, really rich area. So that's above Palm Harbor up there, up above that? It's either above or right below. So like Tarpon Springs, Palm Harbor up in there. It's below that. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit south of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, my dad. My dad doesn't live too far from there, so I'm. I've been walking in your area for sure a lot of times. So yeah, yeah. So you find this spot. You just so you're driving. You're driving an hour's distance down there. You're putting a lot of miles on your car. Oh, you. I drove everywhere, the entire state, almost. (laughs) It's your career, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you find this place, and and what's next now? Um, so make an offer. How how do you get, how do you get in? Yeah, I had my lawyer, no, sorry, my broker draft up, um, a letter of intent or I forget if it was a letter of intent or, um, just like some terms. So once we kind of went back and forth between her, their broker and my broker, and we like agreed on, I wasn't buying a building. So I wasn't looking to buy just to clarify, I'm looking to leave. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't have the money to buy. So they're trying to get a term though. You're trying to figure out the terms, how many square feet, how much they want, triple net lease, all that stuff. Right. Exactly. So they kind of yeah. went over all that. Once we sort of agreed on it, we drafted up a letter of intent, they signed it. And then we went into lease negotiations. So, um, that got a little messy to be honest. Um, everybody down here is very, mom and pop and want everything to be very, you know, handshakey. And my lawyer who was very dental specific was like, absolutely not. You are spending how much money on this project with this amount of lease. You need to have this, this, this in your lease. And I'm glad he pushed for that. That I'm really, I, I felt really uncomfortable because I almost lost the space a few times from the landlord being like, this is too much. Um, but I'm glad we pushed for things because well, give us some more details. Cause this is important for people who are looking to do this. Yeah. So like, sure. what, what were some, what were some of the things that you had to negotiate for so your lease? It's, it's even like dumb stuff. Like they didn't want to put in a thing about the sign being up. So me having a sign, like that's how dumb it was like two weeks of d- talking about needing a sign. And I was like, this is dumb. Just leave it out. And he was like, my lawyer was like, no, because if you don't have anything about here that you are allowed to have a sign and you put a sign up and you send all that money on it, they could come back and be like, that's not on our lease. You can't have that. Take it down. And now you have no sign for your office. So it's right. as little as things like that. But other things are who, who pays for what when things break. Right. So we didn't do a triple net. I, somehow found somebody who wasn't a triple net. It was a, um, uh, I'm blanking on the other, the other name of it. Um, kind of like a regular lease in an apartment where everything is sort of included. Um, triple so you net. don't pay taxes. Right. Exactly. And you don't pay for your garbage or you right. don't pay for your, your street walk, your cleaning right. society. I actually what don't even pay parking? for water either. So. so what about your parking situation? So no, the parking was easy. There's plenty of parking and I'm, I'm attached to an orthodontist. It's like a duplex cut and it's like a little professional park with standalones. And so plenty of parking that wasn't an issue. Um, but definitely needed to be in the lease. We, we got a lot of like pushback on like, you know, he wanted to be specific. This breaks, you fix it. This breaks, you fix it. This breaks, I fix it. And so the landlord didn't want any of that verbiage in there. And the lawyer was like, you need to have spelled out when something gets broken, who is going to fix it. What and, are some of the examples? Like if the roof leaks, who's on that, right? Yeah. So the roof, um, you know, the AC unit, the, the existing piece, it basically came down to what's existing is up to him and what I'm renovating and putting in that's new is up to me. And well, so, what are some of the things that you got to put in that are new? The plumbing? Um, the, 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 yes, the plumbing. So not the main line, but the plumbing that my plumber did. Um, the, yeah, so leasehold improvements, right? Yes, leasehold improvements. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was another thing we, we fought about was tenant improvement allowance. So that was, 
that oh. was yeah he didn't so he didn't want to give me much and i didn't get a lot of free rent either it's it, it wasn't a great situation on that but he unfortunately was in a situation to sort of have the in that economy it, at the time the landlord <sighs> sort of had the upper hand so um push to get a lot of free rent and push to get a lot of tenant improvement allowance because it helps. <laughs> so well, how, how long, have, how long have you been at this now? Since, since when, since what time point? Well, what, at what point did you sign a lease with this? The landlord? Um, January. So you've been at this for seven months and I got four months free rent. So so that was part of what you 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 negotiated for. So you've paid three months of rent. Yeah. And you've done seven months worth of renovations. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it then. So, yeah. so you 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 negotiate. You finally have a, a lease and and the verbiage that you're satisfied. We won't say happy, but you're satisfied with. Right. My lawyer landlord, was satisfied with. <laughs> and the landlord is satisfied with. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now. What do you do next? So um, I, at that, also at that time, when we were doing lease negotiations, I hired a um, dental slash medical specific general contractor. And I got his recommendation from my lawyer, actually. And um, so when, they- when did you, But when did you lay out your floor plan for the dental? Did, did you do that with the contractor or did he do that for you? Who, who? I contacted them back early 2020 or like kind of around when I sort of was looking at that first space because I wanted them to drop a floor plan for me. And they do that first before you even sign a contract with them. There are there, they had an in-house. Who's, who's they? This is the contractor. Who's this? Yes. Yeah. So the, the general contractor, they have an in-house architect and they draw up these plans for you. Um, wow. Benco could have done it too. They also did it and they kind of went back and forth. So they had a they had a drawing planned you know, dra- drawn up, and then once lease signed and we knew we were good, they submitted those plans. So um, how we much waited. how much did you spend on just just a design for your office? Just curious. So it's hard cool. because they're an all inclusive. So they have interior design, which my mom is also an interior designer, so she's my interior designer, but. They have architect interior design and they basically gave me an, an, a big figure and they said, this includes everything and you'll pay an installment architect, I think was about 12 grand. So I mean, it's pricey. So um, architect, were you moving like structural walls? I mean, did you need an architect to do all this? Yeah, yeah, this was an existing space. So we had to completely tear everything, re-plumb, re redo the entire building. Yeah, yeah, um, you need structural engineer, architect, sure. Because if you start moving walls around or anything support-wise, absolutely. And then you got to have all the plans approved, right? So, yes. so what were some of your steps then? So, so you, so, so what, what was the first step? Was the first step to design the space? So what, no, which I thought was weird. Um, so how right. they, they had me do it was the architect did a rough plan and, you know, throughout the process, he, I was like, well, what about this? And he goes, no, no, no. With interior design, you'll, you'll fix that. So it was a rough plan that then got submitted for permitting and while permitting phase, then we worked with the interior designer and moved things around that made sure it wasn't going to be re-permitted. So um, you know, openings to walls got moved, but where the walls were, we knew that was all that stuff was set. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, openings here, we're going to move the beverage station over here. We're going to change these to floating cabinets, all this mm-hmm. random stuff. So then we did that. And then they started once permitting, once permits got approved, then they started demo and it's just been going on for how did you get the loan from the bank? What did you go when you went to the bank? So I, um, I kind of asked around and I asked to what banks give out these kind of loans because I ha- did not have the money to spend this, mm-hmm. you know, amount of money on a project. So I kind of uh, Huntington Bank was one because I was military. It was really hard. So banks want to see. Um, yeah. Well, it is different because I contacted them when I was thinking about buying a practice. So when you're buying a practice, they want to see money in your bank account. 
when you're building a practice, surprisingly, they don't care if you have money in your bank account or not. But what they want to see it. Yeah, I know. I thought the same thing. And they were like, no, we don't really care about that. They wanted to see how much I was producing a day, a year, a month. And I couldn't provide that because we don't have those numbers in the military. So Huntington Bank was like a pretty small bank. They kind of ghosted me because of that specific issue. So then it was between Bank of America and um, this was so long ago. Oh my gosh. One of the other big banks that do dental specific loans. So Benco, my equipment company that I decided to go with, um, got me in contact with their current, you know, their people. And I talked with them. It was, it's a very long application process, but, um, yeah, so I, I got approved for a loan. Um, the loans for startups at most are about six, 700,000. So that's about their budget. They give you at max to build an office. So just for anybody wondering, cause I had to ask. So, well, we're, we're, well, are you, uh, are you approaching it for what you're doing? Oh no. Yeah. I'm going to be probably closer to like 900,000. So just just reconditioning in space. Well, no, I mean, so the, the construction, the equipment that will probably be, you know, I'm thankful that I have parents who are very invested in me and are helping me out a little bit. And then a lot of that is going to be through after my loan closes, I'm going to go and finance through, um, Henry Shine to get my Sarek. And that's a big expense. So the full Sarek setup is like 160 grand. So that will be separate. And that was included in that 900. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pricey project. Well, but, but, that, but that's part, but that's part of your whole thing. Cause you got to have yeah. your equipment, your, your, your materials, your hand pieces, your, you yes. name it every, every last thing. Cause you're starting off with nada. You don't have an explorer in your hand. No, exactly. I have nothing. <laughs> okay, so, so so you borrow, so you're fully leveraged now. Have you done the financials for yourself? Yes, I did that from the very beginning before I even thought about the project. I I added up, I did my I, my homework, and I I'm very organized in that. And I said, how much do we have? How much could we get? What do we expect to spend? What do we expect to have our monthly expenses? I asked around a lot of people and actually I got pretty darn close now that I'm like in it. I'm, I was pretty darn close. So I was proud of myself for that. Well, like right now, do you know what it costs you every day to be open? Um, you add up all your loans. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of, um, especially not being open and like, I, since I'm not, you're talking about what it costs to not be open. Cause I'm no, no, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> what is your fixed expenses? You know? So if, Oh, when I turn get the lights open, on, what's going to be my turn overhead? lights on, this is what we got all my overhead. This, this is what I need to know. What's that I need to make to yes. just pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Right? So my monthly will be about after everything, including all my loans, all my overhead, electrical ev- subscriptions, you know, all that stuff about 35,000 a month. So, um, as long as I can just produce that, then I can at least keep the doors open. Okay. So what are some of the things that you want to share with our listeners? Maybe some do's and don'ts that you've learned along this way. So if you're, if you're very much like me and you're very particular about things and especially doing a fee for service startup, you kind of have to be right. I mean, you're, you're relying on a patient experience to get people to want to willing to pay up front. Um, make sure you're really, you understand, um, who you're working with, what you're doing, what they're doing, and you're really in the project. Like, you know, my biggest thing right now is my contractors and, um, I, I am having issues with them, but it's because, you know, I didn't really ask for, uh, I just went off of my lawyer saying, Hey, they're good. And I said, great. Awesome. I didn't call around. I didn't ask for other people that they had projects with, you know, now I'm finding out that five other people in the area are dissolving contracts with them because of the same issues. So it's like, do your due diligence. Don't let them like sweet talk you into things, especially the girls. Like, you know, they really, really, 
I, I don't know if it's a, what everybody, you know, I mean, don't, don't be sweet about it. Like ask, Hey, what, how are you qualified to, if I pay you this much money, show me how good you are first. You know, don't be scared to like ask around. Don't be scared to say, I want to be in on this project. I want to do this. Um, you know, my website company, my marketing company, kind of same thing at the end of the day, like I had to be like, listen, this is, this is what I want. And there's no more niceties. I, I want this. And this is what I'm expecting from what I'm paying. So really make sure you do your due diligence on that. And, um, the financial thing is a big thing. So, you know, expect delays. Oh, and in your construction contract, make sure, because I totally disregarded when somebody told me this, have them give you a timeline and make sure that in your contract, if they go past that timeline, they start to pay you back for things, um, for delays. Cause that was not in mine. And now we're 10 weeks delayed. And, so there's that. So that's, that's a, just protect yourself financially, especially if it's a beginning startup, like, you know, I'm not working right now. So we have to cut back on our budget a lot, but um, it's just good to really make sure you're planning and really make sure you know what you're getting into and be okay with being in charge and being the boss and having to do some things yourself. So when's your, when's your projected opening date? Um, it was supposed to be August 1st, then it was August 29th, then it was September 5th, September 10th, September 17th. And now we don't know because drywall is still not ready to go. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it, could, it could be September. So you could be nine months in, in lease. Yes. With no, no, no revenue coming up. Yeah. And having to pay rent and, 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 and also, um, you know, don't start buying and signing on with like your practice management system, uh, patient engagement systems until marketing, until you fully know for sure you have a start date. Cause I thought my start date was going to be August 1st. And so I signed on with a lot of those. So I'm also paying those monthly fees for that stuff too. Um, a lot of them have been great to be honest. Most of them have been great and push that off for me, but just stuff to think about, you know, before, getting into this whole ordeal. What's, what's been your biggest challenge that would uh, probably knock the non-committed person right off the perch? What, what's, what's it been? Uh, um, you have to push through and be able to be pretty committed to want to get this done. So I'd say probably the, just the, well, to be honest, probably just finding a lease in general right now in this area, finding a lease. But if you got past that point, um, construction and, um, you know, learn your practice management systems. Hiring was a breeze for me. I had like 400 applicants and I picked my favorite and I'm super excited. They've been super helpful. They've been offering to come help me with tiling and things and they check in with me every day and they're, they're great. So that was, are you, are you paying them now? Are they on your payroll? No, no. Yeah. They're temping, they're temping around here. So, um, they're working, but yeah, they, they, uh, they offer to like help out and stuff. They've been really great. Okay. Because that would add a whole nother level of expense. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. So we're gonna we got kind of getting up against it a little bit. We got about five, ten more minutes. Um okay. uh, so you did say and, and you did mention today when we spoke that you should check it out. And the one thing that I noticed was on your feed today and some of your story was the drywall, and the drywall wasn't done. Not only wasn't it done, there wasn't backing where you need to because you have metal studs. And people who don't know construction, there's metal studs and wood studs, and metal studs are not as sturdy for certain things as wood studs are. But you need backing, right? So if you're going to put like an x-ray machine, you need to have a certain support on that wall Mm -hmm. that will handle it. Sometimes you need two-by-six walls. It It depends on construction people. But you got to work backwards from your plan, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of stuff that you put up there was handrails in the bathroom and, you know, ADA guidelines for Disability Act and and for the handicapped bathroom. In my 30 years of practice in the five 
offices that we've done and the renovations and the change and the rebuilds and everything else, those have changed all dramatically. You could go into one of my bathrooms and say, oh, this is handicapped. And you go to another one and say, this is the old handicapped. Or I can't believe this is handicapped. They used to have a bar over here. Now you got a bar here. And how does this person... And, and, and it's it's narrow and it should be wider and it's square and it's not rectangle. And it's there's so many changes that occur so rapidly that if you're not on top of it, you, you, you're going to find and you're seeing that that's what it looked like. Some of your changes were. So what are some of the things that really right now, like open your eyes as far as you talked about being detail oriented for sure. And I don't care if you're a fee for service or anybody that's always going to behoove you in what you do. But what are some of the things that you've learned in this process about changes or modifications and that kind of stuff? I think the biggest thing is making sure that whoever you're working with, it website, construction, uh, marketing, anybody that like first and foremost, they understand your vision and what you're trying to do. So when you do make changes, it's not just blown off as like, oh, that doesn't matter. It's like, you know, hey, I want the, not just the doorways with doors to have headers, but even the open doorways to have headers because I don't want it to look funky. Mm -hmm. You know, so making sure that everyone understands your vision. And also um, if you tell, oh, take notes, take notes. So if you go in and you need things, yes. take notes and give it to people because Write things nobody, down. nobody can remember everything and um, yeah. follow, follow up with emails, follow up with people. Don't just wait weeks and expect things to be given to the right people. Check in, send emails, make sure you're in the process. So that way things get changed. What the way you want. Yeah. In your design, how much uh, ceiling space do you have? Oh, like currently? What do you mean? <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, fixed space. If you're going to a fixed space, you have a limit, you know, at, at most you can with a finished, you know, like say a drop ceiling could be eight feet or nine feet. And oh, it's a nine foot, nine foot. Nine foot everywhere? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's and nice. Have you, have you installed some of your like duct work for your AC yet or no? So it's, it's installed, but we think there might be two AC units. We're going to check on that tomorrow. Only one is working and they're all hanging down from the ceiling. So, um, wait, 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 the units or the ductwork is hanging. The, the ductwork is like hanging yeah. from the ceiling, which is funny because when I called the drywall people on Friday, they were like, yeah, we're going to have the ceiling finished tomorrow. We'll be here Saturday. And I was like, well, electrical's not finished running their wires. There hasn't been an inspection. And I don't think that HVAC is finished either. So, how are you supposed to be here doing drywall and finishing the ceiling? And they were like, Oh, I don't know. We couldn't get a hold of your contractors all week and they scheduled us for today. So we went in, you know, and the blocking and backing wasn't done for anything. Um, mm -hmm. so, so yeah, we just kind of, well, we're, we're checking on things tomorrow as well. Yeah. But you're doing this work. Are you deducting that from what you're paying the contractor? Yeah, yeah. you should. Yeah. In addition they're not to happy, the late, they're not happy that we're doing it. And I was, this is not, this is not the first. So, so like the revisions that were made were never sent back to our architect. So all the subcontractors have been working off of old plans. Old plans. So when, when the plumbing Big went mistake. in, when the plumbing went in, it was wrong. So then they found that out two weeks later and the plumber had to come back, retrench, remove and re-pour concrete. The framing went up. All the framing was wrong. Go back, redo it. And I asked for, you know, hey, I need you to, to have me come and check before to make sure we're working off the right plans. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Well, then they didn't. And then I would go there late at night and um, it'd be wrong. And I'd send them a text and they were upset at me for being there without them. Then they installed a security camera and they were listening in on conversations illegally, by the way, in Florida and um, telling me not to talk to subs. And I was like, you guys, like, every single piece of this project has been wrong because no matter how many times I tell them to do something, it doesn't get done. And the blocking I've been telling them for two months, this is where I need it. And it hasn't been done. And no matter how many times I tell them, and then they were just gonna have drywall up. So I said, screw it. I'm gonna do it myself. <laughs> Luckily my mom knows how to do this stuff. <laughs> uh, how close, how close are you to dropping your contractor? 
Um, if I could afford another one, I would. So I've talked to a couple other contractors, but at this point, we're going to just kind of take over and all we need is the drywall to be done and everything else is just like, we can kind of super, we're the new site managers. We're going to super, because the site manager quit. This is the second one that's quit. So in my project from them and um, he was there helping and kind of honestly telling on them yesterday or on Saturday uh, about a lot of things. And so I'm hoping to, we have a big meeting with them soon. I'm hoping to get some money back and get this pro. I mean, if anybody can get the project finished the right way, it's going to be me. I mean, all the subs love me. The subs text me because I'm, I respond, I'm there. I'm happy to, to help, but, um, they don't, they, they really don't like that. So, so yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of good advice from people, but I just want, at this point, I just want the project finished. My God. It's just been crazy. Yeah, but not at any cost. You don't want to finish at any cost because you're going to be there for a long time and that's going yeah. to be your baby. Yeah. And you're not going to, you're, you can't, like you said, you got to pay attention to detail, but you're not going to skimp on stuff. But right, right. Somehow um, you're going to have to, somehow you're going to have to figure out this contractor deal because, you know, you're paying for the sleeves out of his vest at this point. So I know. Yeah. So we're still trying to work that, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. So. You'll figure it out. You're going to have to. Yeah. So, because you can't pay for something you're not getting. That's just not American. It's not right. No. Yeah. So, so I'll stop editorializing. Okay. So great stuff. Um, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share with everybody who's well, crazy enough to do something like this? I know. Right. Um, no, no, it's not true. You, you, <laughs> listen, I, I, I'm, I'm seriously kidding because. In the conversations I've had with you, and a couple of them were texts back and forth, um, you remind me a little bit like Delaney Spalding. Very, you're focused and and you're passionate, and you can't re- you can't replace either of those two characteristics. And they're going to do they're going to serve you very well in your career, and it's going to be really fun to see you fly. Well, thank and you. And right now, I, I know you're still on the runway, and you know they're refueling. And there might be a delay and and your takeoff time is, but when you take off, you're going to take off because I hope so. It's um, so much. Have you checked out my website? It's very different and I'm really excited and we got like gifts and boomerangs and my dogs are in it and it's, it's really fun. So you, you have to share with it. I got to put that in the show notes, please. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Tampa's really big into animals. And so the only discount we're offering is a discount for anybody who's fostering animals. Cause that's what my husband and I do. We have like eight animals. And so um, we want to try to encourage people to foster. So that's kind of one of my, my, uh, right. thing. So yeah, for, for sure. Okay. My last question, you probably know it. Yes. If you could go anywhere, anytime back in time, where would you go and why? Oh man. Mm, this sounds so, it's so boring and it's, but it's very me. Honestly, I probably would go back to dental school. <laughs> hey, now now back, you got to say why. <laughs> okay. I'd go back to dental school. It can, wait, is the question that I have the same knowledge that I have now or no? It's a great. You know, you, you, it's your, it's your, uh, it's your world, okay. baby. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. Like, if I, we're if all I just have, living in it. You roll with it. You just tell me. <laughs> if I could have all the same knowledge that I have now, definitely go back to dental school. And boy, I would be rolling right now with stuff, you know, rolling with my office and everything. Um, that's, that's how I think. I have a hard time with the historical stuff. So. All right. Well, the one thing I want to say, number first of all, is thank you very much. But number two, I need to have you on. I need your time in a month because I, I need an update oh, on yeah. where you're at. And there's so many things more that we got to discuss. Yeah. I'd like to call this part one, but I, I do want to, I do want to say the trials and tribulations of starting <laughs> your own startup, right? Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Anytime. Let me know. I'm, I figured this would be a good week. That's why I contacted you again. Cause it's been yeah. so, awesome, so crazy this week. So, so yeah, for sure. I'll, get in contact with me in the month and I'll let you know, hopefully I'm open by then. So, yeah. So keep, keep in mind, let's do something. And I, I just, I want to get a little bit more into a couple more details of, okay. of what you've got going on. So it's yeah. exciting. 
I'm super excited for you. And, and if I can ever help you personally, I really, you know, it's, it. just give me a shout out. Okay. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the fee for service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.